friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Tim McAuliffe, my tag team partner, Jesse Rubinoff. Tim and friends on a hump day live from the Sportsnet studios. Or the day after what just might have been baseball's jumping off point. Hear me out here. I think we may just have witnessed baseball's reemergence. A rejuvenation years in the making that over the last couple of days of the all-star festivities in Denver jumped off like a ball off the bat of Shohei Otani or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. ESPN's June Lee was on the show Tuesday. And after the Stephen A. Smith-led controversy about a star with an interpreter and the subsequent profiting off of said controversy, June got me to see something. It's not Stephen A., or ESPN, or Tim McAuliffe, or even Major League Baseball who decides the face or faces of the game. It's you, the fans, and he couldn't be more right. The NBA's boom started with Magic and Larry Bird leaving college together and capturing the public's imagination with ridiculous skill and personalities to boot. And the NBA had the great fortune of that torch being passed to Michael Jordan. Hockey hit and even crossed over with Wayne Gretzky's brilliance and personality that had a nation tuning into Saturday Night Live to witness said personality. And it took another step with Marc Messier guaranteeing a cup in New York City. All right, well, the, the NFL might be different from all this. But last night, baseball's star power quite literally, in Vladdy's case, was on full display. From Shohei to Fernando Tatis Jr. and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'm not sure baseball has had such an engaging young superstar, at least since, what, Ken Griffey Jr.? And now they have two, three, four of them. Add Cunha when he's healthy again, they're all young, ridiculously talented, and almost as confident, and even better, the game is growing to embrace them instead of forcing them to get in line. A movement that may have come to a head with Jose Batista in 2015. The culture of the game is allowing these kids to shine. And perhaps there was no better moment to encapsulate it than Joe Buck talking to Fernando Tatis about Vladdy Jr. while he was at the plate and magic happened. It's crazy. I mean, you guys are both 22. You both hit 28 home runs. And we understand that uh, Vlad Jr.'s grandmother's food is what's <laughs> keeping everybody healthy and yes. strong in the big leagues. Healthy and happy. Hell, goodbye! Wow! Guerrero Jr. has doubled the lead. You guys want to see it? Say something to him on his way around. Quédate <laughs> 
There's Joe Buck encouraging him to say something <laughs> while he rounded the bases. The timing perfect in the moment, micro and maybe even macro. The coming together of all of these elements could prove to be absolutely perfect timing as the kids inherit the game and not only make it fun again, sorry, Bryce, but take it to new levels. Like if baseball was a stock, I'm investing. And I wouldn't be shocked if we look back at the last week and what it started with, controversy about a foreign language superstar and ended with the very same issue, not just celebrated, the win, a Japanese pitcher, the save, an Aussie, the MVP born in Canada, raised in the Dominicana. But the massive part of all of this is that very same, same thing was a major reason why Major League Baseball might just be on the cusp of something really big. As long as they don't screw it up with the CBA on the horizon. History tells us they won't learn, but I am begging owners and players to recognize this moment and just like the old school ways, get the hell out of the way. Because for the first time in a long time, it appears as though baseball's future is as bright is Vladdy's 1,000-watt smile. Timmy, I think Dave Roberts, the NL All-Star manager, has your back on this one. This was him after yesterday's game. He's a smart man. Hi, Dave. I think there are six All-Stars age 23 or younger. Um, your thoughts on just this young core that's kind of taken over the league? Uh, I'm excited. Um, these guys, I've said it before, Hazel, it's like there's more talent one through 850, 900 ball players than there ever has been. And um, it's kind of sided towards the young players. And there are just so many superstars and so much talent. And the thing is, it, they're very excitable, but they're very curious. And um, they're what this game's about and will be about for the next decade. And, uh, you know, me as a guy who's been around for, for a bit, you have to embrace that. And that youthful energy is fantastic. It's great for the game. And the young fans certainly gravitate towards it. So for me to see, like, Vlad and uh, Bichette and Tatis Jr., all these guys, it, it's a lot of fun. And also to see the banter back with the veteran players and all these young guys, it's a lot of fun. BS or real talk, Jesse? Did no. you feel something different watching the baseball all-star festivities? 100%, and it's rightfully all anybody was talking about in the lead-up to the game, and then to have the guys actually perform just elevates it to that next level. Right, like everyone was putting the pressure on to see if these young superstars could handle yeah. it, and so not only did they handle it. Was it was like, oh, here are all these guys that are under the age of 23 or 24, Tatis, Vladdy, Bo, and they all did something in the yeah. game, which is exactly what you want on a stage like that for Major League Baseball. Uh, they took the ball and ran with it. More baseball come out. In First Things First, Ricky Romero also uh, coming up in the second hour of the show. Uh, two good friends of the show also popping by Faisal Kamisa first hour. And uh, I'm tripped up because I saw this on Twitter earlier today. I believe the freshly shorn Ken Reed will join us Ooh. in the second hour. Uh, Jesse. I saw this, yeah. We're looking at Ken Reed's Twitter account right now. It says back to normal, and it goes from flowing locks to... Uh, the kind of haircut you could set your watch to. Uh, I think he looks better in the sunglasses and the flow. Uh, agree or disagree? Well, I think he did himself a major disservice by taking the glasses off for the second picture because he looks really, I mean, the drip is 
oozing mm -hmm. in that first picture. Yeah. So we're going to have to have a little bit of a word with Kenny when he drops in here. Uh, I think he's wearing the Ogie Oglethorpe shirt, right, yeah. too, uh, <laughs> from Slapshot as well. So we'll add Brian Scalabrini <laughs> to the equation in the first hour, game four of the NBA Finals, and we should have finally playing again. They're going to go. Had some time off. I think, I hope that's a good show uh, that you will stick around for. So we ignite the festivities as we always do with the notorious RUB, First Things First. Take it away, Jazzy. First Things First. First. I don't know why Kenny did that. I like the hair. I, I did too. Fan. I was a big fan. I'm not lying. And maybe it's just because I'm jealous that I can't grow <laughs> up my hair. Yeah, well, like I, I had no answers. problems with, with barbers through the pandemic. <laughs> I was good to go. I am my own barber. The records at hair joke. We're at our quota for the day. <laughs> yes, we are. With Keddy still to come. Okay, yeah. let's pick up where you left off there. Uh, starting with Vladdy's historical night in Denver. Guerrero went one for three with a home run and a pair of RBI. You saw that homer. 468 feet, the longest home run in an All-Star game since StatCast began keeping track in 2015. I don't know who's... Reaction was better, Joe Bucks or Fernando Tatisis. Uh, Vladdy became the first Blue Jays player to be named All-Star Game MVP. And at 22 years of age, he's also the youngest MVP in All-Star Game history. His helmet and batting gloves from last night. Going to Cooperstown, <laughs> it would appear the hype is real to me. How excited should Blue Jays fans be about this performance and obviously having Vladdy as a member of the team? And, and the four there, right? And the four contributing. The first three RBIs came from Toronto Blue Jays. There was a lot for Blue Jays fans to be happy about in that game, and not the least of which, and sometimes I think this is lost in the wanting of the moment right now for this team to ascend to the top of the division, is you have to still enjoy the steps along the journey. Mm -hmm. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. provides my favorite stat, which is chuckles per 60. Shout out to Jamie Dodd, Sportsnet 650, who helped me come up with that in Vancouver. And I think it's real. Like, every time Vladimir Guerrero steps to the plate, I find myself ready for the chuckle. And then, like, the first at-bat, he almost takes Max Scherzer's <laughs> head off. Like, he nearly decapitated Max Scherzer. Yeah. And once I realized Scherzer was okay, I chuckled because he absolutely laced that ball. And then he almost decapitated a fan 468 feet away with his second at-bat. Like, both at-bats produced chuckles. And I'm not kidding. Like, chuckles. I laughed. Yeah. Because of what he's able to do to the ball. The home run, I honestly thought it was going 600 feet. Like, when he hit it, I was like, that <laughs> yeah. ball might be the hardest hit ball I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And it landed where Pete Alonso was hitting all those home runs in the home run derbies. Just a, a ridiculous uh, exhibition of power by Vladimir. Guerrero. Does, does anyone else not believe StatCast? Like, I don't really believe the technology well, that goes into StatCast. It, because sometimes. every time we talk about it, it seems like oh, this is the first time in the StatCast <laughs> yeah, era that yes. this happened. It's like, how does that happen every other day? I don't All know. the time it seems <laughs> to happen. Every time Vladdy's that bad, it's like, oh, that happened. It's the first time Vladdy did that in the StatCast era. It's like, okay. I think cool. we should start a thing where the uh, Tim and Friends, I don't know what we call the Tim and Citizens anymore, where the friends of the show mm. nominate things for the board. And the last one that we got put on here was Nikita Kucherov. Number one bull. Uh, if you didn't hear it the first Good time. Ad. Number one bull. Solid ad. Do we take Joe Buck's reaction to Vladimir Guerrero's home run and put it on the board? I, I think we have to pull it. 
let's throw it out there. And for those who haven't focused in on what Joe Buck did, like mm-hmm. it sounded like Joe Buck gave birth. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the home run one more time. To get Joe Buck that excited, you're doing something. And, I mean, that his M.O. is he stays calm. He's kind of, like, monotone throughout the whole broadcast. Some people really like it. Some people really don't like it. Right. But to see Joe Buck say, wow, like that, you know something special happened. And it just so happened to be Vladdy. Well, there are, there are actually a, there are a couple calls mm. of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. If you missed them, here are a few of them. Uh-oh. That's a vicious swing. Wow. Let it eat. Vladdy Jr. with a monster shot. Wow! That went over your head uh, rather fast, Fernando. Uh, that was so quick. You should admire a little bit more. It's the All-Star game, boy. Uh, there it is, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, it is unbelievable what he did. And I think Jays fans, listen, you might not make the playoffs this year. It doesn't mean it's a wasted year. It means you enjoy the steps in the process, though I still believe they're going to add and that they'll be rated and around it when it's all said. Yeah, I think they can certainly make a run. And just looking at the four guys that were at the All-Star game last night wearing the, uh, the Blue Jays logo, it makes you think, like, Marcus Simeon's going to be a free agent next year. Like, you hope you can do some damage while he's still on the roster. Don't know what's coming in the offseason. But the kids are good, man. Yeah, There's are evidence of that, right? how good they are. Yeah. Same people wanted you to get rid of Teoscar Hernandez. Remember that. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. Remember that? He can mash. No doubt about that. Okay, uh, moving on. And it looks like Blue Jays fans in this country will have to wait to find out if they'll be able to see their All-Stars in person this summer. A government source telling our sister station, 680 News in Toronto, that a final decision is not expected this week on the proposal from the Blue Jays. The Jays hoping to resume home games by July 30th, but in order for that to happen, they'd need some indication of the government's decision by Friday. The next target for a move would be August 20th. But about an hour ago, we learned that Toronto FC and FC Montreal will host MLS matches beginning this Saturday with 5,000 fans in Montreal and 7,000 in Toronto. So the Jays have to be next. Right, Timmy? I, I thought they would now, but I do recognize the apples to oranges comparisons that we're making here. There's more time between games in the MLS. There are less games in the LS, MLS. Uh, they can test the players before they're coming. The wording on the MLS statement suggests that players will be tested and that maybe perhaps only vaccinated players will make the trips to Canada. And even with this announcement, mm-hmm. it was only select games that would be played in Canada, not the rest of the home schedule. It was select games would be played. So my assumption here is that the players will be tested in time, have a negative test, be in Canada for uh, a little bit of time before the game, and that allows them to not go out in the public. But in baseball, you have a lot more games, a lot more teams, and no time in between games, right? Like how often does a team play in, say, Dallas, where there's no restrictions whatsoever, or the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and then fly to Toronto and play a game? Like that's the apples to oranges comparison. But what bugs me the most is that 
We're sitting here once again trying to come up with an explanation for a decision that the government's making without an explanation from the actual government. Like, you're losing good people by not explaining what the difference is between, say, I don't know, kids' baseball games outside and the thousands of people who congregated at the Bell Centre in Montreal. Like, stop with the grandstanding that you and I have talked about in the past Mm -hmm. and give solid explanations so good people trying to do the right thing don't walk away because they're so frustrated with not understanding why these things are happening, and this is a perfect example of it. Tell us why MLS is playing games in Canada, why the Montreal Canadiens, Las Vegas Golden Knights, and Tampa Bay Lightning were all good enough to go back and forth across the border, but why the Blue Jays aren't, and maybe more people will understand what the hell is going on. But this communication throughout this pandemic has been a real weakness. Well, that and our own infrastructure. But communication is a real weakness here. And once again, it's showing its ugly head. I was going to ask you what you're most excited for when the Jays do come back. But I have a little bit of breaking news. Um, okay. CBC Montreal's Douglas Gellivan writing on Twitter that the feds have held firm telling RC Sports its office will send a clarifying statement within the hour stating Canadian MLS teams do not have authorization and league jump the gun. Right. PR for Medicino's office says province and city have signed off, but not Health Canada. So, as we said, uh, they definitely tweeted out about it. The Toronto FC did. uh, Montreal Impact did. It looked as though fans were going to be welcome, but now it appears uh, the waters have been muddied a little bit when it comes to that. (laughs) Muddied a little bit? Yes. Didn't you just say So, basically, the MLS went out on their own and released a statement saying that they would be happy. Or did something happen here where it was broken telephone? This is what they were hoping for. As we talked about earlier in the week, uh, both TFC and Montreal were awaiting word from Mm -hmm. the federal government. And then we heard that they wouldn't get it. And MLS just released their statement anyways. Didn't you just say that there was a communication issue that we've been experiencing here for a while? (laughs) Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. That's me not banging great, my head against the wall. Not against great, the, it's unbel- Is it not unbelievable? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how this is, how this is happening. This is, this is the same thing as playgrounds are closed in Ontario, yeah. over, only for playgrounds to be open a day later. And yeah. listen, the government, I, let me, I should have prefaced it all by saying for 15 or however many months that we have been in this and we've been doing shows the entire time, I have deferred to public health and people smarter than I uh, to make the decisions for us. I just want to know if there's any common sense applied, if there's explanations and science behind the decisions, or if it's simply optics. And way too often in these conversations, it's been simply optics. I pointed out in November of last year a story about Canada Border Services uh, announcing that they had allowed 81% of the over 6 million travelers to Canada between April and November of last year to cross the border as essential workers with no 
vaccinations available to those essential workers. So over 5 million people entered Canada with no quarantine rules whatsoever because they were deemed essential workers. And now here we are looking at a league like Major League Baseball who has their players tested regularly, uh, 85% of their players double vaxxed, They can still carry, I understand that, but a positivity rate of 0.03 at last check, and those people aren't allowed to cross the border, but if you're an essential worker, you can come in, no quarantine, even without any vaccinations. And that's where I wonder where the common sense is in all this, unless... I Again, I'm going to defer to people that are smarter than I, but there are a bunch of people like me who have deferred to public health the entire time, who are nowhere close to anti-vaxxers, as you well know, and you're losing good people because the explanations, the clarity, and the communication isn't there. And that's a huge problem in this country. It's very well said. I have nothing to add other than... <laughs> Sorry, I put you in a terrible spot. No, I'm not, no. What, what, what more can I say than that? <laughs> and I'm saying... Bah, 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 bah. Jesse, go ahead. No. What, what am I going to say? That <laughs> yeah, was, no. yeah, that was brilliant. I, um, yeah, obviously there's a lot of clarification to come uh, with Toronto FC. You know what? We'll probably get some Montreal. in the next little while. Yeah, we'll like, I wouldn't updated. be surprised that, that you know a lot of the... This is up to federal government. Uh, Ontario has said that they've opened the doors to this, but federal government... Uh, controls the mm-hmm. borders, so maybe we'll hear from the federal government saying why, because the MLS opened the door to it. Would we have gotten it before? I don't know. Just a bunch of people saying, hey, we brought you hockey back. Aren't yeah. you happy? And here we were before the show saying, boy, wouldn't we like to go to that TFC game on Wednesday? Literally, the entire staff was saying like 7,000, 15,000, but it looks like they were going to give it to healthcare yeah. work. I don't know. I don't know if we're at. Things move so quickly. Decisions change based on public opinion. There's a lot of this going on. Yeah. Right? Let's see which way the winds blow. Who knows? Don't count it out. I know we had a lot to get in here, and I... No, it's fine. But you know where there are fans? You know where there are fans? At NBA games. And that's where we go next, Timmy. Okay. Bucks and Suns. Huge game four. Phoenix leading the series 2-1. Haven't really had a close game in this one yet, with both teams winning comfortably in their victories. So how do we think things play out in game four? Is Giannis up for another 40-plus night? Uh, it would be amazing for me to see the Bucks do this again, uh, down 2 nothing to the... Uh, Brooklyn Nets and able to come back with an injury. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Phoenix is still in control, but I also have seen two wonderful games from Giannis Antetokounmpo and a Game 3 victory where I didn't think you could get a victory, and that is without Chris Middleton and or Drew Holiday being really good. Now, Drew Holiday had a good third quarter. I think he was 5 of 6 from deep in the third, but Giannis is is putting on a little bit of a show here, and I'm here for it. I'd love to see him continue it, and they're playing some defense, but I feel like they need to be near perfect to beat Phoenix. Does that mean they can't do it? No. It just means if you force me to put some money on this series, I still got it on the Phoenix Suns. But I I definitely am giving Milwaukee a way better chance, and it's what I said after game two. This team plays way too loose Mm -hmm. for playoff basketball, but when they tighten up, they're a good team, no doubt. and they tightened up in Game 3, and 
Remember against Brooklyn, I think it was an 84-point game, and then they held them under 100 again to even the series at two games apiece. And Brooklyn had, hadn't been held under 100 points all year. Yeah. So defense, a little help, and Giannis being Giannis, and we got ourselves a new series tied it to a piece. It's also been nice for Giannis to be able to rest that knee injury from Sunday now to Wednesday. He's got a couple extra days. Speaking of knee injuries, Kawhi Leonard. Turns out yes. he, in fact, did this have is, a partially torn ACL. He had surgery yesterday to repair that partial tear of his right ACL. It had been reported throughout the playoffs as a knee sprain, with the Clippers ruling him out on a game-by-game -game basis. Clippers said there's no timetable for his return, while Leonard has a player option for the 2021-2022 season. And uh, this little nugget from Skip Bayless on Twitter, who also said on his Undisputed show today that Kawhi believes the Clippers medical staff misdiagnosed his injury from day one and that he wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi goes elsewhere. So oh, do I hit think... that too early. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. There's two there from two. Skippy Boy. So do we think Kawhi plays for the L.A. Clippers next season? It's worth pointing out that he has a $36 million player option for next season. And he's also eligible to sign a four-year contract worth roughly $175 million. Uh, we don't have the time to really dive deep into this, yep. but maybe we will with Brian Scalabrine. Love it. I do know Jack Eichel is asking out of Buffalo. Why? Injury issues? Injury issues and differences between his opinion, his people's opinion, and the team's opinion on his injury. Mm -hmm. Vladimir Tarasenko yeah, in St. Louis. That's where next. Yep. Shoulder injury. Three of them. Had a difference of opinion with the staff on how it was done, how it was handled, how it was taken care of, and also they gave the captain to someone else. But it created mistrust between team and player, and mistrust between team and player is absolutely huge. The mm -hmm. real question is if he wanted to leave L.A., which he can do, player option, he's basically a free agent, where would he go? Would he go back to Toronto? Who handled his injuries very, very well? Alex McKegney. Who does Alex McKegney work for? The Toronto Raptors. It's settled. Kawhi's coming back. <laughs> Maybe. Still to come, Ricky Romero on Vladdy's Amazing Night. Kenny Reed in studio, hour number two. Elliot Friedman with the latest on the hot stove. One week out from the NHL expansion draft. And Brian Scalabrini ahead of game for the NBA Finals. Up next, true friend Faisal Kamisa in studio. We will discuss all that we just talked about and more. Hump day. Tim and friends, let's go. Oh, goodbye. Wow. Guerrero Jr. 468 feet. Magic from Messi. Makes Pulido disappear. from Leo when he scores Duncan Keith. the Edmonton Oilers it was a good fit a great fit and I'm excited to start this new chapter shot won't go gets the rebound back up banks it in and a foul Giannis Antetokounmpo punishing the Suns Giannis Antetokounmpo with another finals gem and the series is now two games to one Welcome back to Tim and Friends. We got a friend in Faisal. Uh, that's right. Kid, star of uh, Sportsnet Central, owner of the second best hair at Sportsnet, even in a pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. It's Sorry. Faisal Kamisa. Second? 
Yeah, Bukaskis. I don't. I'm sorry, man. I don't know, man. Okay. I'm sorry. I know you got your haircut. I know you got the fade, but cool. I don't. I don't know if you can match Bukaskis. Is that an insult to you? If I, like I just feel like the body of work over time. Like I've been here a little longer, and I should body. get the more respect. Right. I'm just saying, right? But that's cool. That's fine. Right. That's fine. It's all good. I still. I mean, I like if if like I would take it. I mean, I would. Yeah, I know you would take it, but no one's out here calling you the second best hair on Sportsnet respectfully, right? No one is. No one's saying, yeah, Tim, you got the second uh, best you, hair. How do you know? You, you don't even have the second best I mean, hair in this room, right? I mean, like That's another I mean, hair joke. Je- Jesse's, yeah, we're already at three. Yeah, it's three. Uh, hair Jesse's hair. hair is pretty good. You didn't hear me saying his was the second best in I need Sportsnet. Who? Jesse. This Jesse? Rubinoff, the guy right there. Yeah, I mean, look at it. No, yeah. it's not even a, it's not close. He's, like, he's walking that back real quick, though, right now. He's walking that back he's right just, away. He's just humble. Is he scared? He's just humble. I'm not. No, I'm not scared. I'm just giving you a compliment. Can you say I I'm love not, it. I'm I'm not, I can't do can that. Can you say I'm not scared? I'm not. Can I? No, 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 I ain't never scared. I'm not scared. <laughs> <laughs> seems, like, never seems like baseball scared right now. Is it? <sighs> well, I'm just reading. I'm just, I was just listening to your conversation with regards to um, Toronto FC and and why them and I mean we don't know even why them if if them to be well, honest with I don't you, know based anything on right the now, latest yeah. statements right now but um, feel feels like there's a lot going on and when you when we look at some of that stuff in the Major League Soccer press release it says you know fully vaccinated players will be allowed to travel and I can't imagine Major League Baseball or the Blue Jays just being like okay well then let the same thing happen here like I I don't see them allowing for non-vaccinated versus vaccinated players to have different sets of rules for when they travel. Yeah, I and don't if that's the government's stipulation. If it is, uh, yeah. If it is, and, and all of this is assumption around, because, again, not a lot of communication, as you made abundantly clear. <laughs> yes. Um, I could see why Major League Soccer would be okay with that versus baseball and why one league would just be like, eh, no. And, again, like, I, we got this statement, what, like, 40 minutes before airtime today and I'm going through it and it's a statement from Major League Soccer that suggests that our cross-border public health legislation enacted on July 5th by the Canadian government allows them to do this (laughs) and... I don't know that the Canadian government agrees. Nowhere does it say we've been given permission to, right. <laughs> to host these with, games. With the MLS statement, now we heard a report suggesting that perhaps they don't have this and these games will not be played. And I don't know that that's correct either because, well, yeah, yeah. again, there's no communication. But if you do read through this, and I'm, I went a long way to provide the preambles and the caveats because it's 2021 and someone will sue me or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> But... All of this to say, this doesn't say they have an agreement in any way, shape, or form. No. This doesn't provide any but information think, other than that they really want to play games in Canada. I think it assumes they do based on the fact that, one, we don't even see Vancouver like there at all. So why no. would they just go about sending a press release with regards to two of the teams if it wasn't already set in stone that these two teams could play, right? Well, because I think that those two teams could operate under the rules set out by the Canadian government. Like BC is open, right? Like BC is open. Like but not- is it different because the Vancouver Whitecaps play in a stadium, in a closed area Oh, that's, area that's a great point. This is outdoor versus indoor. Is it because their games are closer to other games? Games and, and borders? I, I don't know. You know what? Again, it comes down to a simple thing that we have not had a but lot this of. Is, this is, here's, here's the, the problem in the communication that I have, is that if Major League Baseball is in this spot, and if we're already allowing people to enter this country without quarantines based on essential work, would you not make stipulations for a group of people that right now at last check are 
are working with a positivity rate of 0.03%. 100%. Listen, uh, you don't have to convince me, right? Like, I, I, I'm on the same side of if, if the numbers are the numbers, well, let them come home. And, and again, it, what's crazy to me about all of this is that Toronto FC didn't just get home today and we're like, all right, we're home. They've been home for right. a week. Like, they seem to have gotten a sense that this they was were going, going to, to be happen. Able to satisfy right? the rules. This Correct. was going to happen, yeah. right? It, it, again, they've been home. Practicing in BMO, people are like, wait, wait, what? When I saw that pop up in the timeline, well, not all of them ago, though, not all of them, right? Because some of them unvaccinated had to had, quarantine. They have to quarantine. Yeah, and you're right, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, but when I saw that pop up on the timeline a couple of days ago, I like scratched my head. I was like, scratched the second best hair on Sportsnet, and I was like, wait, <laughs> what? They're home. This must mean touch the nerve. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but, uh, this must mean something, right? And so I, I don't know. It's confusing. I guess we'll. Maybe get some clarification in a little under an hour, but I, I, hope, I hope so too. I've been hoping for a long I time. I hope we get some sort of clarification because, as I said, like I have followed all the rules, I have deferred to public health, and you're getting to the point where you're just getting so frustrated by um, the lack of transparency yeah. in decisions, yeah. and then you're forced to speculate on your own. And it, what's the difference between exactly, blank yeah. and blank, and yeah. why is golf not good if you're out? In the like, how much trans? Like, never mind. I'm not gonna yeah, walk exactly. down all of these yeah. roads because, again, I'm not equipped to do that. But if you don't give me the information, then I'm forced to do it, that. It, but that's what everyone's been doing. Exactly. The whole timeline is speculating, even based on that one report that you guys read. That it may they may have jumped the gun. Now people are saying, oh, did they or did they not? Who's running this? Who's... Just give us an answer. Give us a damn answer. Like you know. Well, give us an de- explanation. Give us an explanation as I to think, why. I um, think there are some lessons to be learned from this pandemic. I believe one of them is that Canada needs more infrastructure. And two, I believe we've all learned the value of really good leadership. Hmm. Hmm. And I think that maybe, maybe moving forward, we should put more value in leadership at the highest levels. Yeah. You and about 30 million Canadians have the same opinion on that one, I think, right now. Right, right. Uh, All right. So we didn't we didn't come in here to talk about no, things that we can't. I, I, I mean, there's up. a yeah, lot. That's of, my bad. No, no, it's that's fine. Bad, yeah. I, this is, we all want to get back to normalcy, and that's why everyone's talking. Like, this is real talk. Yeah. This is what, if you go to the barber shop, I don't know what that's like anymore, but if you different. go to the barber shop. Very different. And you're talking to the people at the barber shop. You're talking about whether or not you can go to games again and when you can go back to games yeah. and when you can get back to normalcy. Yeah. Well, I called my dad already when I saw the release because he's a season ticket holder. I'm like, Dad, you going to use these tickets if you get them on Saturday? Because I would love to use these tickets on Saturday. He's like, wait, what? And I was like, this, 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 this. Right. He's like, oh, I haven't heard anything. I was like, all right, cool. Well, call me in an hour if you do, you know, because I would really be interested in taking those tickets off you to go to or going with you, I guess, but taking those tickets off you. <laughs> <laughs> Taking those tickets <laughs> off you to go enjoy the game. That is awesome. Papa Kamisi oh, just got burnt in all this. He's so funny, man. Um, we only have like 30 seconds left before we got to take a break and yeah. come back yeah. with uh, Brian Scalabrini. Was there anything else that you wanted to fit into the now 24 seconds that remain in this show? It's <laughs> got a shot clock to get the rest of my, my points in. Um, Vlad is cool. The young stars in baseball are very, very cool. And I echo everything you said off the beginning of your show when this could be the moment. Having people watch so? Dude, man, those guys, they're just gangsters. They're all friends with each other. They all want success for each other but can bring that intensity. Like, they just stepped up to the plate, every single one of those young gangsters yesterday, and tried to hit a home run because they knew it would entertain the fans. And they know what the purpose of that week or those two days, the home run derby and the game, actually was. 
And I like that. I really, really like that. Vlad said it before to Hazel. He said, if I have two at-bats, I'm going to try to hit two home runs. And, and Tatis trying to hit home runs. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Otani drama in that home run derby was unbelievable. And Pete Alonso taking it super seriously. Like, these are the faces of the <laughs> yeah. game for a reason. Yeah. So I think it's going to help. And the fact that they're 22, 23, 24 years old, Shohei's a little bit older. Man, you yeah. have something special here if you can build on it. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering here, and it's too bad Acuna got hurt. But I'm wondering right. if this isn't baseball's like magic bird moment yeah, where yeah. you have a bunch of young superstars who can elevate this game. I said it. If this is a stock, I'm investing because I think a lot of just peripheral sports fans were glued last night. Yeah. All right. Time for a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll switch to basketball in a series dominated by the home team so far. Will the trend continue tonight in Milwaukee? It is game four. NBA Finals, and we will tee it up with a white mamba. Brian Scalabrini next on Tim and Friends with Faisal Camisa. Tim and Friends, I am Tim, the I'm friend. I'm friend. Oh, hey, Faisal yeah, Camisa, that is Faisal Camisa. He's a friend. And Jesse Rubinov, also a friend. And Jesse Rubinov, also with some updates. Now, we've gone back and forth with some breaking news. And sometimes during uh, the events of live television, you kind of got to go with the flow. This is one of those days when we hit the air, we thought that mm -hmm. TFC and Montreal would be able to host MLS games at home as per a statement from the MLS. However, uh, that seems to have changed. What are the latest updates on a professional sports team outside of the NHL being able to host home games in our country? It's an absolute mess. I'll give you an update. Okay. Cormac uh, Sweeney, Parliament Hill Bureau Chief for 680 News and more, uh, says the public health agency and the federal government have not given approval to the Toronto FC proposal for home games with teams from the U.S. Statement expected soon from immigration minister. So that's that. I asked for a statement. Looks like we might get an explanation here. I I'm hoping that the immigration minister gives a statement before the end of the show so that we can <laughs> that awesome. report it here. Uh, I also want to get to quickly Ben Nicholson-Smith, yeah. who said just this a couple of minutes ago, a uh, comment from the Blue Jays. We continue to work with the federal government towards playing games at Rogers Center starting July 30th okay. and expect to receive a response <laughs> by Friday. There are no further updates at this time, but we will share new information as it becomes available. All right. So, there you have it. Clear as mud. Exactly. Clear yeah. as mud, we my friend. Learned anything. We haven't learned anything. All That's right. Great. We are, we're going to keep our eye on it throughout the show. We will bring you updates as they need to be. Jesse Rubinoff will be scouring the internet to see the latest conflicting report from someone else. <laughs> and we will bring it to you live right here on Tim and Friends. NBA Finals, meanwhile, back underway tonight. That's right. Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday here as we play the most condensed schedule in NBA history. Then, for some reason, space it all out just, I don't know, slow the momentum, give Giannis time to recover. Maybe our next guest knows, uh, former player, NBA insider, and, of course, White Mamba. He is Brian Scalabrini. Welcome back, Brian. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. You know, this was all about LeBron James. LeBron James said I needed more rest a couple years ago, so they spaced the finals out for him. But I'm sure Giannis, Chris Paul, a lot of the other guys are benefiting from it as well. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think that you sound incredible, but it does also sound like either Darth Vader yeah. and or Kane from WWE. Like our, I mean, there's Both. A, yeah, there's a few. We're going to try and call you back, but there is something 
Oh. I'll do it again. Like, say something mean, Scalabrini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like uh, Kim, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Uh, all of the techs here are like freaking out and saying we gotta call them right back. I bleep and love it. One more thing before we call you back. If like, like, just tell me you're gonna punch me in the face or something like that. Like, it's awesome. no, no, no. Giannis will be a monster today. <laughs> so good. All right, we'll call you back. Sorry, man. Apologize. There is Brian Scalabrini or the ghost Can I say of something? Brian Scalabrini. Can I say something that's going to annoy people because obviously we work in sports? There was a, a moment yesterday where I was like, wait, the finals is still happening. Because I was yeah, it's, like, it's, Mike, what are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know. What are we doing? Uh, he was saying it's LeBron James saying we need rest. Where was that in the regular season when everyone was tearing ACLs and Achilles? I, well, because that the doesn't. The playoffs were still condensed. Because that doesn't mean as much as the NBA finals. And we all yeah. know that. You and know what? We live in this world, honestly, Faisal. We live in this world where common sense and the truth are hidden because it's not proper to say but we all kind of know it dance around it and have this little game yeah. played back and sure. forth and it's annoying you don't agree with that I, look i get I, I completely agree with that but you know like logic sometimes can prevail too right and it, common and, sense where is it here like what what are we doing like we're trying to keep an audience like people are going outside people are going outside they're not drawn to this right now if, like if the big guys are not there, Brian so Scalabrini's talking to me like Darth Vader. I don't know what the hell is going done. on. This Faze, like with all due respect, like you've been here for the last ten minutes. Common sense isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing epitomizes that more than the last ten minutes of yeah. what yeah. he read. Yeah, this guy's got an update. To, he's got more FaceTime from this. I don't even know what I just read. I'm more yeah, confused yeah. than when we yeah, started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. the so, Jays are saying yeah, maybe, and yeah. TFC is like, wait, yeah, yeah and so then the government's no... like, hold on, no. So well, no reports suggest that the government has given the Heisman to all, and yet everyone else is like touchdown. But a whole team is here. I'm coming home. I'm like England. Home. I'm coming home. <laughs> I'm tell the world. Mm -hmm. We should bring that that promo back for the Jays. Remember that promo? <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it will be, be used. Oh, it, it would it be perfect. Be no, I just came up with that idea. They are going to, as soon as the Jays announce that they're coming home, we need to redo that promo one more time. Yeah, I agree. It's probably in the works, for being honest. Game four, eh? Well, you well, think they're smarter than me, Jesse no, Rubinoff? No, I don't. I don't. I'm going to no come over yeah. there and, yeah. and COVID protocol. I'm, I'm <laughs> quite happy I'm over here right now. All right, let's just talk NBA because I don't cool. know if we can get Scalabrini back on the line. We oh, got him back? We got him back. All right. Uh, Brian we, Scalabrini, do you still sound like Darth Vader? I hope so. Do I sound like Darth no. Vader? No. Oh, there we go. I don't know if we're disappointed oh, or if we're happy. Yay. Either Yay. way, uh, were you saying that you thought that the schedule was different because LeBron How'd you decipher Jane? anything he was trying to say? How'd you, how'd you decipher that at I, all? I speak Darth Vader. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. Well, I think they that people talked about it moving back. Remember, it was 2-3-2. Two, two, now it's 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. Right. And there's a little bit of, you know, like LeBron stepped out and said, we need more rest if we're going to go back and forth on the coast. And it's also for the media and everything like that. But usually in June, there's nothing wrong with stretching the finals out. But in July, it's a little bit different. There's so much stuff going on, you know, even with, you know, like the pandemic. And now it feels like everything in the sporting world is happening in July. Yeah, it felt like they could have got some real momentum here and kind of had the spotlight to themselves, not not that they haven't. They skipped the all-star break. I kind of understand that. Uh, but now there's, like, golf and stuff like that. All right, let's get back to the, the actual NBA finals. 
Uh, I saw something from Giannis Antetokounmpo in the last two games that, like, that raised my Spockian eyebrows if we're staying on the same wavelength here. It, it was how well he played, and he got a win in Game 3 without the rest of the supporting cast doing miraculous things. Can they continue to do that? Yeah, see, everyone is talking about the 40 points that Giannis scored, which is obviously important and you have to, but I'm more concerned with how he's getting them. Yeah. Before he sat out those two games against Atlanta, game five and game six, I thought he was forcing the issue. If you remember the net series, he was trying to go one-on-two, one-on-three against Blake Griffin and Kevin Durant was standing there. Once he sat out those two games and he realized all the Bucks have to do is move the ball and all he has to do is go side to side and they become an unstoppable force. He sort of mixed in a little Nikola Jokic or, um, or uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Those two guys, they touch the ball about 30 times more than Giannis per game, but they make simple plays and they go side to side. And what that has done is loosen up the defense. You see it right there, little pick and roll. How are you going to stop Giannis when he's on the run? You can't. So I like what we've been seeing, plus the fact that he mixes in some post-ups and some one-on-one from the top. I love his offensive balance right now. I don't think the Phoenix Suns can stop him if – if the Bucks don't throw away possessions, which they have in the past, yeah. one day they just wake up and have an awful quarter. So that's, to me, if the Bucks move the ball side to side, they play through Giannis, Giannis touches the ball 90, 100 times in a game, there's no way they can not score 120, 130 points in these finals. So for Phoenix, wouldn't the more important priority than on defense, if you're not going to be able to stop Giannis, just focus on stopping literally everybody else. They've been doing a good job at slowing down those role players. And if Giannis doesn't have a superhero game like he's had in games two and three, you've still got to give that advantage to the Suns, no? So here's the way I look at it. If um, Middleton's going to have his moments, it's going to be, if you get open shots, like if you look at individuals, and if you don't help off of Giannis, I mean, if, if I mean, if you do put one-on-one on Giannis, he's going to get his. There's nothing you, you have to mm-hmm. show two or three guys. So eventually, guys will make open shots. Middleton will have a big night. Brooke Lopez yeah. will make open shots. Bobby Portis, Drew Holiday. So you can't just say, we're going to take away the rest of the guys because Giannis will burn you. And if you try to take the rest of the guy, uh, you, you take away Giannis, the rest of the guys will burn you. I think the focus for Phoenix has got to be continue to move the ball and get to Milwaukee Bucks in rotation. They have a tendency to overhelp. So I would be focused on the offensive end. And, and it, instead of just passing the ball around the perimeter, which you see the Suns do, get into the teeth of the defense and then kick it out and make that extra pass. Mm-hmm. The Bucks will overhelp, and that could cost them. If the Suns make 20, 21, 22 threes in a game, then they will outscore the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, one of my, I'm not trying to blow you up, Faisal, but one of my favorite comments of all time, Jim Todd, halftime Lakers and Raptors. Kobe's going for his 81, and he says at halftime, <laughs> we're just going to stop everyone else and let Kobe do his thing. And Kobe won the game yeah, with 81. <laughs> uh, appreciate you powering through, Scalabrini. Uh, thank you very much for doing this, and sorry about the technical difficulties. Hey, anytime, guys. See you. All right, be well. There is uh, Brian Scalabrini. Um, Powering through. Thank you. Hey, you're done. Love, peace, and hair grease. Well, second best hair grease. (laughs) That's all good, though. It's all good. I'm not bitter. Almost time to get cracking. That's right. The Seattle Kraken. 
We are just uh, less than a week away from the expansion draft. GM's busy trying to figure out their protected list. Renault Lavoie will give us the latest juice, including Luke Richardson staying in Montreal. Ken Reed, all coming up on Tim and Friends. Thanks, Faze. Tim McCallum and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Back here, hour number two, Hump Day, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 5.9 of the fans. Sportsnet will join us after someone gets off a bull. A reminder, catch the full week, all show, all week, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 5.9 of the fan. If you're PVRing, Sportsnet 360 is the place to do it. Uh, great second hour coming up. Ricky Romero on Vladdy's All-Star Game Heroics and the unbelievable youngsters in the game right now, plus Renault Lavoie in mere moments in the latest in the NHL hot stove. Kenny Reed is putting on a jacket right over there. We'll get to him in a flash as well. But before we hit the hot stove, some firm news here. The Habs have signed assistant coach Luke Richardson, three-year contract extension one day after Dominic Ducharme was locked down. Richardson stepped in behind the bench while Ducharme was out with COVID, and many had him pegged as a future head coach. That will have to wait a little bit longer. Meanwhile, the Bruins have signed defenseman Brandon Carlo, six-year extension, Average annual value, $4.1 million. He's played 324 regular season games with the Bruins since making his debut as a rookie in 2016. All right, here's the story of the day. Professional sports returning to camera uh, to Canada with fans. Government source telling our sister station 680 News in Toronto that a final decision is not expected this week on proposals from the Blue Jays and the Canadian MLS teams. The Jays were hoping to resume home games by July 30th, but in order for that to happen, they would need some indication of the government's decision by Friday. Their next target for a move would be August 20th. Then this afternoon, we were told that Toronto FC and CF Montreal will host MLS matches beginning this Saturday with 5,000 fans in Montreal and 7,000 in Toronto. May have been a little bit misleading. CBC's Douglas Gullivan tweeting some clarification, saying that the feds are holding firm that its office will, quote, send a clarifying statement within the hour stating Canadian MLS teams do not have authorization and the league jumped the gun. All right, more on this as it comes, as it has during the first hour of the show. One event that is scheduled to take place in Canada is the National Bank Open presented by Rogers. The tennis tournament, formerly the Rogers Cup, goes from August 7th to 15th in Toronto and Montreal. Women's side in Montreal. 18 of the top 20 women in the world have committed, including Wimbledon champ Ash Barty, world number two Naomi Osaka, and Bianca Andreescu, who won the 2019 Rogers Cup. In Toronto, men's side has commitments right now. Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, Denis Shapovalov, Felix Auger-Aliassime, and Milos Raonic. You can see the action on Sportsnet next month. Got it good, and since you understood, that might be the only thing that I get today, other than Ken Reed is joining me in studio. Kenny? Hey, buddy. Look at the haircut on this fine fella. Last night, Sportsnet Central. I tune in, and there is, I thought, a wonderful flow. Yeah. I mean, Ivanka Osmak was throwing stones. Didn't like it. She did not like it. I thought, hey, 
if I could grow it like that, I would. And then lo and behold, today, what happened, Kenny? Well, a little visit to the Cut and Run on Kingston Road and the beaches. Oh, nice. Peter, Panther, and Steve hooked me up. And Peter went to work. Lots of work on Peter's part. Taming this. Uh, Sorry, did you call him Peter Panther? Peter Panther. Another Peter, comma, Panther, and Steve. Oh. Nice. So, uh, That'd yeah. That'd be a cool name, it, it though, It took about Peter 50 Panther. minutes. What's your, what's your handle? I go by Peter Panther. <laughs> <laughs> it took about 50 minutes, but I, I, I feel clean. I, you know, I just feel like I've been zestfully clean, kind of showered, and, and, and good to go. This, this is my look. I, I can't rock the Shane Corson as well as Shane Corson can. <laughs> I you said know? yesterday, I was leaving the building. Kenny yeah. was getting his COVID test, and he looked over. He had the glasses, the lunettes on, the flow going. I go, buddy, you look like Shane Corson. <laughs> and it might have been the nicest thing that I've ever said to Ken Reed. Shane Corson's a handsome man. Like, yeah. Corson and Tucker both have the, the good hair, and, and, and they both have two of the best Bob Cole names that Bob Cole would say. Corson, Tucker! You know, like, they, they just worked. Nice. Mad- Mike Madano made that albatross last week, and all I tweeted out was, Madano! Bob Cole. Because right. Bob Cole had those great names, Tucker, Corson, Madano. They all worked. But, yeah, anytime you, you tell me I look like Shane Corson, I'm happy. He's a handsome dude. But uh, work wife, home wife, said it, it was time for a cut. And Lay down the law. I got you. I had a Barry Bonds moment, dude. My hat size went up. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> I had that much hair on my head. I've never had that much hair on my head. That wasn't your hair. All right. Uh, speaking of great names, Renaud Lavoie is joining us from Montreal. And some news out of Montreal yeah. over the last couple of days. Renaud, thank you very much for doing this. As always, we appreciate you. Thanks for having me. And this story about Shane Corson, and uh, it's just great. I remember him <laughs> playing for the Montreal Canadiens. He had a restaurant, by the way, downtown yeah. Montreal at one point. Good place to go. Looks he like did. you got a haircut, too. What's going on? Yeah, today. Today. Well, in <laughs> nice. Quebec, we, uh, I mean, it was not as strict uh, haircut-wise, I should say. I think uh, we couldn't for only three months. But, uh, no, I, I, I went to... Uh, no, got lined do a up. Repair today. Yeah, yeah. Got lined up. Renault looks money. Here's a Shane Corson connection to the restaurant. Did you know that uh, Newfoundland chef Jeremy Charles, he's a world-renowned chef mm-hmm. now, and Sam Roberts both worked at Shane Corson's restaurant wow. back in the day up. when it opened up. Yeah, that, that's crazy. That explains a lot because I'm telling you, it was good food. Yeah. It was really good food. <laughs> nice. Next time we bump into him, we we'll have to uh, see if we can hook up some more. Uh, yeah. It's one of those dishes. He's so handsome, isn't he? With the <laughs> hair and the glasses. Good, good looking fella. Uh, all right, let's get to the news. Uh, last couple days, Dominic Ducharme, Luke Richards. I almost feel like Luke Richardson's a bit more of a surprise than Ducharme. But but what do you? I mean, looks like we've lost the picture. I'm, <laughs> I'm having a few technical difficulties, <laughs> Renault. But we can still hear you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Ducharme and Richardson's extensions here. Ah, he's gone. He's gone. So he had. Awesome. Someone turned into Darth Vader. Now you got Renault disappearing. It's magic day on Tim and Friends. It's one of the, and, and news that contradicts itself um, by the minutes. Well, things always come in threes, right? So that's two magic trips. You had someone sound like Darth Vader, someone disappear. You know, next magical move you could pull off? That's it. Actually pay me for being here. <laughs> you know what? Since Renault Lavoie is gone... Yeah. Ah, we'll do we'll do it after. I, I got I got something for you. It's oh, not you money. It's not it's, it's not money. Not a haircut. But it is a little bit of a, a magic trick. Um were you surprised that Richards I just felt like and and maybe this is me projecting, I felt like Luke Richardson earned himself the head, a head coaching job yeah. somewhere with the job that he did, right. but you can still get it as the right. assistant. So you, you sign on, and then uh, Montreal's not going to, I don't think, prevent you from interviewing any, but with anyone else if you want to move up the old right. job chain ladder. So, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised by it, no. 
Uh, looks like uh, I think we've got Renault Lavoie back. Renault, are you there? Yeah, sorry about no. that. You know what? When people are calling you back uh, <laughs> nice. at dinner time, that that's what happened, right? <laughs> it was. Uh, I think last time we had this, it was mom who called someone. So, uh, all right, oh, let, yeah. let's get to Desharmin and Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, you know what? Um, the fact that Luke is coming back, I think, is. Uh, is really big for many reasons. Uh, there was some rumors uh, last few uh, days that, uh, you know, um, uh, there was a chance that Luke could sign with another team. But uh, I think those were only rumors, to be honest with you. Um, the fact that Dominic Ducharme worked with him over the years, not only in the last few months when Dominic was named, uh, you know, the interim coach of the Montreal Canadiens, they worked together. Uh, actually, they arrived at the same time uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. So, um, they had an history, uh, and believe me, what Dominic Ducharme was always telling me about uh, Luke Richardson, he was always praising him. Uh, the players love him. Uh, Luke, uh, if I, you know, many times I talked to Jeff Petrie. Uh, Jeff Petrie is playing really well under him, and he said, the big difference is he's not breathing under your neck. Like, he, he's letting you do your job, do your mistakes. He's going to talk to you, calm voice. He's not going to yell at you. And for uh, a lot of players right now, as you know, that's the way they want to work. They want to work under the impression impression that they're professionals, that yes, they're going to make mistakes, but they want to be respected. And uh, that's what I think Luke Richardson is bringing to the table. Uh, not only that, obviously, he's a great uh, defensive coach. Um, so uh, the, if you look at the penalty killing, it went pretty well uh, for the Canadians this year, So especially in the playoffs. So. I think it's uh it, it's fun to see him come back and he, he deserved that uh, three years contract with the Canadians. Hey, speaking of the PK, how much can the Montreal Canadiens afford to spend on Phil Deneau? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question uh, because I don't know if you remember, but um, when uh, the um, free agent market was open in October, last October, um, Philip before that uh, had discussions uh, with Mark Bergevin regarding an extension. So how it happens is they, they, they um, you know, they, they made sure that they wanted to sign uh, the key guys that need an extension starting uh, next season, right? 21, 22. And um, so he talked to Jeff Petrie. Uh, that contract was done quickly. The second guy that he, he called uh, through his agent, uh, uh, it was uh, Philip Dano. And um, so Don Meehan is Philip Dano's agent. Uh, what was uh, offered is a six-year contract at $5 million per. Mm. And that contract obviously wasn't signed. And that, that's an issue. Uh, and it's still an issue today because, yes, the Montreal Canadiens wants to have Philip Dano's back. No doubt about that. If not, they wouldn't, uh, you know, give him an extension. But uh, what happened after that? Uh, it's quite simple. After that, uh, Brendan Gallagher signed a new deal. After that, Josh Anderson was traded to Montreal, signed a new deal. Tyler Toffoli signed a new deal as a UFA. So is there, is there money back? That, that's the real question mm -hmm. here. Uh, I, I'm not sure that Mark Bergevin would have been uh, capable of signing Tyler Toffoli if, um, you know, Philip Dano signed a, a, a six years extension. So. There's a lot of things happening right now. What I can tell you is Mark Bergevin is working really hard to find a way 
but we'll see how uh, things are going to evolve over the next uh, two weeks. I want to welcome those watching the Calgary Stampede on Sportsnet. We're talking to Ronald Lavoie about uh, the NHL hot stove and Montreal. So what, what's like, what's a number that they would be comfortable with in Montreal for Philippe Deneau? Well, that's a great question. I don't think that it's it's five million per. Uh, I don't think yeah. it's possible now, really. And this is a little sad uh, because um, you know it, it's not that Philip Deno doesn't deserve five million per. That's not the question here. The question is: Is there enough money left? And um, you need to to look at uh, the positive and the negative if you're you're giving him five million per season. The positive is you have a great defensive sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. A guy who's going to will help you winning important games, uh, make sure that uh, the other lines in the playoffs are just going to hate you. It happens. Um, and, and so there's a lot of value there. The negative side is is really his offensive production. Uh, not only uh, during the season, I think he twice he scored 13 goals um, in a season. Um, that's the maximum goals that he scored in a season. Uh, during the playoffs, um, in more than 40 games career-wise, he only has uh, two goals. Is it enough uh, to get $5 million per? So, I mean, it's a, it's not an easy situation because everybody knows that Philip Dano is a really, really good sentiment. Uh, but the, if you're giving him more than $5 million per season, I think that the NHLPA is going to be really, really happy. But I think there's a lot of uh, GMs who are going to look at you and look at Mark Bergevin thinking that maybe there's a mistake that was made right there. And you have to wonder if he hits the market um, on July 28th if uh, you'll get that much money. Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to a guy like Deno, who's not going to rack up the goals, but he's going to do that stuff that's so effective in the playoffs, you almost have to develop yeah. You have to develop players like that. I mean, you, you can't go and pay that kind of money for them and, and ultimately have success, can you? That's a great question. I, I, actually, you know what? It's it's a really great question. Because We're going to have the same thing with Hyman. With Hyman, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and, but if you look at teams like, let's say, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, they're probably looking at Philip right now saying to themselves, we need a guy like him uh, because mm-hmm. he knows what's to do. Uh, versus, uh, you know, the best players on the other side when playoffs comes. So there's that's what I'm saying here. There There's some real good value of adding Philip Dano in your lineup. Mm-hmm. The question is, in a flat cap era, are you ready to give him that much money, more than $5 million per season? That's that's a real question uh, that GMs needs to uh, uh, talk uh, and have discussion about it because if it's not – Mark Bergevin with the Montreal Canadiens, who's got to give him uh, that that much money. Is there another GM around the league who's ready to to do that? And you know what? The answer is probably. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's 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 a slam dunk, but if a GM is excited about having a, a guy that really can uh, make sure that you know uh, the other uh, yeah. first liners on the other teams are going to struggle, especially in the playoffs. And there's some good value there. Yeah, there, there's a body of work on shutting down some yeah, pretty yeah. good players. Um, bef- I, NHL insider Renault Lavoie joining us here. Before we let you go, like I just feel like there's so many names right now out there. There's Eichel, there's Tarasenko, yeah. Landis Cogs <laughs> out there. Like To you, of all the names that are kind of being bandied about, and I left a bunch out, there have been some buyouts, yeah. there's some buyout candidates. What's yeah. the most interesting story outside of Montreal, maybe even outside Canada to you? Seth Jones, right. Seth Jones for me, 
is really interesting. Is He's Chicago the favorite? Year. Well, I think so. All right, that that's what uh, that's really what's out there this week, to be honest with you. Um, and, and you know, his uh, brother Caleb was traded uh, from the Oilers to to the Blackhawks, as everybody knows. I think the reason why it's not happening yet, it's quite easy. It's because uh, you know teams need to protect some players to go uh, through uh, the uh, the expansion draft. So there's a lot of decision being made right there. So I, I guess there's that's why some teams are are saying, you know what, we need to be careful before buying out players or or trading players uh, because we want to make sure we're doing things the right way. But I, I believe that Seth Jones uh, is not going to play for the, the Blue Jackets next season. I believe he's a really good de de defenseman. If you look at the Blackhawks, that's exactly what they need. Um, so I think there's a fit, to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm not saying it, it's going to happen 100%, but what I'm telling you is, a lot of people in the know this week were uh, telling me that mm, it, it, that's something that that you know that you can see in the next uh, in the next few days or next few weeks. So we'll see how it's going to turn out. Who's the one player Montreal can't lose in the expansion draft? Or would be the worst case scenario for them to lose? Uh, you know what, Jake Evans. You're going to say Renault Jake Evans, and I'm going to tell you why Jake Evans. It's because. Uh, if we don't know what's the future, uh, w w you know, what's going to happen with Philip Deneau. So you, you still need a, a really good uh, sentiment that's going to play big minutes. Hopefully Jake's going to stay healthy. Uh, but you, you even have to wonder if Mark Bergevin is not going to try everything to make sure that he'll be protected. But that's that's a player that they can't lose. People are going to say, well, uh, at the same time, you're going to expose Sherrod or Edmondson. What's going to happen? Are they got, is there a chance that, uh, you know, uh, Seattle can can pick one of those two defensemen? Possib possibly, but Jake Allen is still there waiting. So, I, I, and you know, for the Montreal Canadiens, losing Jake, Jake Allen will hurt, but not as much as a kid like Jake Evans. Jake's got a lot, of, a lot to give, and he, he played really, really well. So... I can't wait to see how how it's going to turn out, uh, but you know, before the end of this week, how what what will be Mark Bergevin's Mark Bergevin's decision on who's going to be protected and who's not going to be protected. Bruno, always appreciate the great information. Thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, and thanks for having me again, guys. Thanks, uh, Bruno. There is Bruno Lavoie from uh, La Belle Province, ahead of a bunch of bunch of stuff. A bunch of bleep. And after his own haircut. He looks yeah, that's a that, tight cut. I bet. Uh, will pro sports ever return to <laughs> Canada? <laughs> we, will, we hope to get the answer by the end of the show. On the old radio show, didn't you guys have a thing, that's so TFC? Yes. Well, that's so MLS. That today. was very MLS. Uh, more fun with Ken Reed, plus a look ahead of the British Open. We'll do that all next. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, another update on what the hell's going on with pro sports in Canada but that would mean communication from our government. Welcome back, Tim and friends. Kenny Reed. Tomorrow on the show, Donovan Bennett sits down with LeBron James. That's right, DJ and LBJ. They'll discuss a variety of topics, including the new Space Jam movie. Here's the sneak peek, kids. What in the Matrix hell? Welcome to the space. 
What's up, Doc? You know, a lot of the uh, Looney Tunes characters are voiced by a Canadian kid. I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude from Scarborough, I believe. Shout out. Again, Donovan Bennett, LeBron James, tomorrow on the show, DJ will join us in studio for that conversation. Ken Reed's in the studio along with Jesse Rubinoff. And during the commercial break, we got another, uh, another log on the fire that is the return of pro sports in Canada. We do know that the CFL is returning to Canada because their training camps have started. Jesse, I heard that you have an update on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers return to play. August 5th. Circle it on your calendar. I'm looking at it on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers website right now. Uh, the province announced Wednesday a further loosening of pandemic restrictions. There will be uh, full capacity of fully vaccinated fans to the CFL's 2021 season opener August 5th at IG Field. And it'll be a Grey Cup rematch, 2019 Grey Cup rematch between the Blue Bombers and Tiger Cats. You said fully vaccinated. Like, Are they going to check vaccinations for that capacity crowd? That's what it looks like. They will mm. need to have had their second vaccination by July 21st. They must have their Manitoba immunization card, either the paper Beauty. or digital version, upon entry. So 33,000 is capacity at uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers game. So, And I understand that there are different uh, geographical reasons why some places are opening up different the way that others are. And there's no one crossing the border. They've already gone through quarantine to get into Canada. Mm -hmm. The players, I mean. Yeah. Double vax it up and let's go. <laughs> let's go. And you know where I'm going after that football game? Right to Ray and Jerry's, baby. <laughs> Best steaks in Winnipeg. Right. No, oh, it's uh, awesome. Way to go, Winnipeg. So, Winnipeg, there's there's one thing. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be hosting all of these folks uh, in the stadium. All right, time now for Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Jesse... The Open Championship is upon us. Remember how close we were last time? U.S. Open, we had Brooks, we had Louis Oosthuizen. We were so close. We were like, oh, I'm so excited to do pinata picks again this time. We sucked at this time. This list is not very good. I'll so we, explain once again what the pinata well, picks are, obviously. Yeah, but. explain the pinata picks because I, I might be done with the pinata picks. I might need to go out on my own here. Well, okay. So the pinata picks in this situation, you put money on a play or you click a button it spits out a player. You automatically get that player at 125 to 1 odds. So the idea is, like last time when you got Brooks Kepka twice, you're getting great value on a player that would have been around 15 to 20 to 1. Instead, you get it at 135 to That's 1. That's exactly right. So, yeah. so ideally, what you want is the player you get his actual odds to be lower than 125 to 1. Right. You we didn't get, we, yeah, yeah, we right. did not get many of those this time. Why don't we bring up the list and we'll okay. see who we need at Royal St. George's this week. Tony so Finau. where he be now, Tony Finau is the uh, highest one that we got. Actual oh, wow. odds, 46 to 1. Guido Ricky Fowler's there. Ricky's Guido the Migliosi. Okay, so this guy, uh, T4 at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. So we like that. Loves his fist pumps. Mackenzie Hughes, who we know uh, was close in the hunt at the U.S. Open as well. 160 to 1 are his actual odds. So Careful with the last one. Really okay. help very, <laughs> very much. So listen, <laughs> if Poom... Uh, Saxanson. If Poom Saxanson wins, we got him twice. So if he That's wins, twice. you got Poom twice. We're rich. 
If he wins, we're rich. If he doesn't, which is, is probably not going to happen, we're not. Is but Puma an alternate? Hold on, hold on. Is Puma an alternate? Because I know there's like 16 alternates yeah, a couple, in the couple field. guys are out of the field due to uh, COVID. I know Zach Johnson's out of it. Hideki Matsuyama Masters. But you don't, you don't get Poom at 989. And there's a bunch of dudes, by the way, speaking of Scarborough, that are laughing no, you're, right you're now. right. You're right. You're right. You don't I get don't, him at 981. Right. Yes, you yes, get him at 125. 125. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I was trying to oh. spin, spin it positively because that would have been amazing. But, yeah. it's Poom goes the dynamite. Poom. <laughs> Do we want to bring up the, uh, the top 10 favorites for the Open Championship this weekend at Royal St. George's? Uh, John Rahm, obviously the favorite coming off of his victory at the U.S. Open. Um, a couple guys that I like here, Dustin Johnson. Very rarely you're going to get Dustin Johnson at 18-1. to 1. He's not in form right now necessarily, but he does have a good history runner-up at Royal St. George's in 2011. I also obviously, Brooks Kepka every time he gets into a major, he's up there. And Jordan Spieth, a little bit of a renaissance right now, resurgence from Mr. Spieth. 17-1, yep. to 1, creative around the greens. That's what you like when you're going to get windy, gusty conditions at Royal St. George's. So those are three guys that I like amongst the top 10 board. Bryson, I don't like this week because the driver, it's a lot of fescue. You're not going to be hitting driver very much around this course. And if you do, you're going to get in trouble. I'm going to take uh, two guys off of that board. Yep. And I'm going to put them up against any of your guys. One any, of them. Any of my, my top 10 guys or any of my. I don't care who. Pinata guys. All, put them up against Poom. Any and all. Okay. Yeah, I'll put them up against Poom any day of the week. Bring it. Who is it? Uh, so Louis Oosthuizen okay. just lives around the top three. And one of these days he's going to break through. Maybe. And maybe. The, the suggestion always at the British Open is either you need some local knowledge or lots of experience playing lots of different shots because that's how the Open Championship tests you. So I'm saying Rory McIlroy's got both <gasps> of those things. Mm, that's my and guy. I, and I know that he doesn't have the form right now, but if you look at his previous Open Championships, he's always around it. So give me the middle of that board, Rory McIlroy, Louis Oosthuizen, and I think I'm going to be in and around so, it. Yeah, okay. Rory has won a major in seven years, but he's going to be mad because that guy Scott stole his club at the Scottish Open. So yeah, he's going to have a lot of rage. <laughs> so are we going? We should go cumulative score here, me and you, or however you want to do we, it. Well, which Pay two up? of the 125 that you just <laughs> named off for us? It won't be are you poom. Taking? It's not going to be poom. Successful golf gambler. I'd love to meet him. It's impossible. It's to impossible. Pick okay, I'll golf. take DJ and Spieth, and you got Rory and who, Louis. Yeah. No, okay. Rory and Poom. Huh. Rory and Poom. No, I don't have Poom. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> wait, an alternate, wait a second. An alternate will win this tournament I'm, just what? because it'll be a better story. Back in the day, I did, but not right now. <laughs> All right, time for a break. Kenny's sticking around. Vladdy Jr. continues to amaze. Contractually obligated. Taking home All-Star MVP honors last night. Youngest winner ever. We'll discuss... A special night with former Jay Ricky Romero and drop all the poom conversation as Tim and Friends continues with Kenny Reed and Jesse Poom. Shellac like poom. Me approach Jesse, cojo dos turnos, trata de buscar dos drones. Simple. If I if I get to a bat, I'm gonna try to hit two homers. <laughs> 2-1 pitch is hit like a rocket, knocks Scherzer down. You see Max walking over like me. That's showing love. That's what it's all about. Yeah, goodbye. Wow. Vladdy Jr. with a monster shot. What a bomb. 468 feet. <laughs> that went over your head uh, rather fast. Let's get a little bit more. Let's go off again, boy. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the youngest 
Blue Jays player to start an all-star game in franchise history, the top vote getter, and now the youngest MVP. He earned it, and he, he's going to win more, though. To what he's been doing all year, except he's doing it against, you know, nine or ten all-star pitchers. He's become one of the stars of the game. Thank you, Blue Thank you for working for me. I am the MVP. Thanks. Man, it was a good night for Blue Jay All-Stars, period. Yeah. It wasn't just Vladdy, though. He obviously was the star of the show. And speaking of Blue Jay All-Stars, our friend, our homie, Ricky Romero, is joining us from California. What's up, Ricky? How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Very good. Very Rock good. and rolling. Uh, Kenny and I just saw the shot that he sent up past Max Scherzer uh, in that first inning where, and both of us were like, I was chuckling, like scared chuckling when I saw it first. (laughs) Have you ever had anything like that come back at you? Yeah. I mean, not obviously not in the all-star game, but in a regular season game, Mark Teixeira almost killed me. He almost decapitated me. And I remember vividly, I caught the ball, so it was an out. So it goes down as an out one. So. Did he hug you? Did he hug you afterwards? <laughs> no, he didn't. He did. The next day, he did come up to me. He's like, he's like, dude, I thought I killed you. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you, yeah. when, when that comes back at you, like it's pure reaction, and yeah. are you scared? Do you know the ball is in? Does it take it like a split second to realize, oh, bleep, I just made an out? Like what, what goes through your mind? Well, I like to think that I'm a great athlete on the mound (laughs) and that I see it all the way, but (laughs) it's definitely all reaction time. And yeah, it's either get out of the way or put your glove to try and protect yourself. But man, those missiles that Vladdy's hitting are just on another level. I don't don't even know how he got out of the way. And I think he he knew it too. He was like, wow. So coolest thing for me about All-Star Game as a fan is it makes memories even for fans. But as a player, I can't imagine, Ricky, you're there in 2011. Is there one thing that that stands out to you, what, 10 years later, whether it was it happened on the field or in the clubhouse or at one of the various activities you go or the the massive amount of swag you must have gotten? Is there one thing that stands out to you from your experience? You know what? And I actually mentioned this in the podcast yesterday in my podcast. um, One of the things that stands out the most is. Doc Halliday was the starting pitcher for the National League that year. And I remember after our team picture, he came up to me and gave me a huge hug and and told me how proud he was of me. And obviously, it means a lot more now. Um, It meant a lot at the time, but it means a lot more now. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he was so proud of me and and took the time to to coming and gave me a he gave me a huge hug and, you know, and, and we talked for a little bit. So that was really cool. Ricky Romero joining us here on Tim and Friends. All right, let's get to last night. And the thing that jumped out. Just just follow up with a quick one. How much swag did you get? (laughs) You mentioned that a couple times. I I mentioned that to one of my friends yesterday. Not as much as they do nowadays. I feel like now they get like hoodies and cutoff shirts and T-shirts and they get a bunch of. I mean, we we had a good amount, but not as much as they do now. All right, so now... Are Sorry, you, are, buddy. Are, are yeah, you, I really want to know about swag. I love please, swag. Please, with the swag. Because I don't get paid on this show, Ricky, so they don't even give me swag either. Uh, all right, let's get... It needs to hook it up a little bit. I know. I need to get hooked no, up kidding. before I can start doling it out, but whatever. Uh, I, I may give Kenny something a little later on. Um, and, and, and it's got nothing to do... No, no, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> okay, keep uh, Let's talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the kids. And 
What struck me most was it feels like not just with Vladdy, with Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. when he's healthy, uh, Shohei Otani. Like there seems to be this new generation of kids that are already superstars and that baseball is in pretty good hands. Like that was my takeaway. Like baseball is in good hands right now. 100%. I agree. Uh, and, you know, you saw the smiles. You saw everyone. It was like this, these, you know, big kids having a ton of fun. Even it started with the home run derby and everyone's, you know, looking, waiting for Shohei Otani. And then Juan Soto knocks him off and everyone's laughing. And you see the the bond between the, the, the Dominican guys embracing Soto and all that good stuff. And it just seemed like it carried on into the game. And everyone was just laughing, having fun. I mean... Not many guys can say, hey, if I get good pitches, I'm going to hit two home runs and, and actually go out and, and, and hit one. And, uh, you know, and, and these guys, they, they have the swag, they have the, the charisma, and they have great personalities for the game. And, and you know, that's, that's a great way to continue to grow this game. Speaking of kids, we're all dads, the three of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still remember that this little glimmer in my memory of Gary Carter hitting two home runs in 1981. And for my lo- whole life, I was an Expos guy. Gary Carter was my guy. Timmy Range was my guy. Andre Dawson. Vladdy's up last night, and my oldest is a baseball freak. And he's up, and I said, give Jacoby a moment. Give Jacoby a moment. <laughs> two pitches later, it's gone. I FaceTime him because I'm at work. He's freaking out. And for me... That's what the All-Star game can provide us, those moments where, where a kid can fall in love with the game. I'm, I'm kind of getting chills just talking about it because for me, like, yeah, money and business and all that, but there's still those magical moments, and I think that's what Vladdy gave a ton of kids last night. Yeah, I was about to say, you're, you're giving me chills just talking about it because I was trying to get my two boys to say, I was, like, telling them, I mean, obviously, they're five, one of them is five and the other one's two, mm. and I'm like, sit down and watch Vladdy. Look, this guy plays. <laughs> Final Blue Jays, and they're they're just kind of like what? I'm like sit down and watch him, and then um, obviously he he hits that home run, and it's just it, it just like you just saw the fans got their money's worth. They wanted to see that the leading boat getter in all of baseball go out there and put on a show, and and he did just that. It's funny because you see the expectations of himself saying I'm going to try and hit two home runs, but you also see the expectations of other professional ball players like Bo Bichette saying I knew he was going to win the MVP and I I said Ricky like I have this thing that I bring up all the time about chuckles per 60 minutes it's professional athletes that make me chuckle and Vladdy does it all the time and he was up twice and I chuckled twice one because he almost took Scherzer's head off and two because he almost took a dude's head off 468 feet from home plate like it's just he, he has this innate ability, and as a former pro, do you recognize that, like, is there just people that have that in them, or is it just the skill? Like, what is it about certain guys that just make not just me chuckle, but other professionals laugh? Yeah, no, he, he loves the lim- limelight, and obviously he had a good uh, person to look up to in his dad, who's yeah. a Hall of Famer. Um, so that helps a little bit, but it's just the, the he the way he carries himself. He knows he wants to put on a show. He knows what he wants to do, and when you have all that, I mean, I remember like I remember facing Big Poppy, and almost every time he came up to the plate, it just seems like he knew he was going to get hit. And I and when I look at Vladdy, it's like you're looking at the same thing. He knows he's going to get the job done, and he's going to go out there and and take guys uh, 
deep or or hit the ball hard and that's what i appreciate more about him is that he hits home runs but he's also like doing the little things where he's hitting the ball the other way and trying to do those those type of things and that that's what makes him a complete hitter right now i just like from a fan standpoint that he's fun to watch and, and guys like to tease same thing they make baseball fun it's okay to smile and it, it's funny you go back to jose's bat flip a few years ago when everybody freaked out now people freak out if there's not a bat flip i, th I think i think things have really changed a lot in the last five years as far as baseball culture goes and i think yeah. this is better and you know me i'm old school I'm, yeah. I'm angry all the time but i like this this is fun well, you, and you heard Tatis telling him in Spanish, like, stay, you should have stood a little longer and watched it. <laughs> this is the All-Star game. And, uh, and again, when when you have a Tatis, when you have a Guerrero, and obviously we wish we would have seen Acuna there yesterday. Mm. Um, when you see those guys and you see where they're taking this game, it, it, it makes it fun. It makes it exciting for me. Um, Tatis missed two home runs, I thought. And it could have been a, a big debate between those two and, and, and who would have won the, the, the MVP if, if he gets a hold of those two pitches. So you could tell they were, you know, obviously competing for that MVP. Usually guys come out very humbly and say, no, I wasn't trying to win anything. It just happened. I put a good swing on the ball. No, these guys, Vladdy came out and said, I'm going to win the MVP. And I'm the favorite. You know, he, he told Pedro Martinez that. So, again, they, the swag they carry themselves with, they, they just, they're, they're different. We, we keep showing the picture of the four Blue Jays there. And uh, I can't help but think of, like, first off, the future seems bright, especially offensively. But if you're Marcus Simeon, Ricky, and you're on a one-year deal and you see all these kids and, and, and the potential that is being realized right now, as a hitter, does that make you want to stick around a little more knowing that you'll all, and obviously if he gets a boatload of money from somewhere else and the Jays can't match, then he gone. But yeah. when you look at what's around you and the pitches that you're seeing and such a great fastball hitter, do you feel like maybe this will help keep him in Toronto or make him think about it a little more? 100%, yeah. yeah. And when you have that much protection in front of you, behind you, and everywhere, it just seems like everywhere, he just goes out there and he has to do his thing and he's going to get great pitches to hit. And that's why he's an all-star and that's why he's where he's at right now. And uh we all we all see the potential of this lineup, and with him in it, it's going to become even scarier if he if he sticks around. So I'm hoping he does he does uh, get what he deserves, and and um, and then he's part of that team for for a long time. Yeah, it's funny we were all talking about the little ones, and I got my kid from baseball practice last night, and normally. He's like, can you turn the sports off and put on some music? Yeah. And last night, we were honestly, we were listening. I was listening to the game on the radio, and I changed it to music preemptively. He didn't have to tell me. Really? And he goes, you know what? Put the All-Star game back on. And Vladdy <laughs> hit the bomb. We heard it on the radio. I, uh, I record my shows and make my children watch it in front of me. <laughs> no, that was, honestly, that was great. That was great for the fans from yeah. the city of Toronto. Hopefully, we get them back. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully the Jays come back. I visit. hope so. It'll be fun. Uh, all right. Thanks, Ricky. Always great catching up with you, and we'll hope Absolutely. to see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Ricky. Uh, there is Ricky Romero. Check out his podcast online. Let's Go Ricky Rowe is the podcast uh, that he was speaking of. I still want to know about the swag. I still want to know about <laughs> the swag. I love me some swag. Uh, time for one last break. We'll do last call with Jesse and Kenny. Maybe give Kenny some swag. Mac and cheese ice cream is what I'm being told is in last call. I'm lactose intolerant. True fact. Boy, swing and miss on both.
Last call here on Tim and Friends begins with uh, Ken Reed. Uh, last shift before vacation for Kenny Reed. Eight hey. hours to go, baby. He's been complaining about swag the entire time and what Ricky Romero got. I know you're going eventually to PEI yeah. to play a little oh, golf. Oh, Titleist. So I, I got you a little gift. We'll wow. give you these for free. Uh, Velocities? This is awesome, buddy. Uh, wow. Some swag there for Actual you. swag. And if you, uh, if you do have a look while Jesse does last call, Cool. There might be a special message there for uh, Wow. For Kenny That's Reed. a really good ball. Thank you for being a friend. Aren't wow. you the sweetest, mm -hmm. Timmy? Wow. Is, uh, wow. Kenny Reed's swag. He so finally got his swag. you did pay for these. Sorry? So you did pay for these. I did pay for these. <laughs> <laughs> they were not Nobody yet. in the media pays for <laughs> golf balls. For anything Thanks, related buddy. to golf. No, well, I had to I, go out there and get that. I feel bad me. because I've been yelling about not being paid forever. And, and you <laughs> paid me out of your own pocket. Please tell me you expensed it. Expensed it. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not Sid Six Arrow. Uh, let's do last call. I I, I, I wanted to say thank oh, you for all the time. Kind, man. And he does come in here all the time before his shift early, and we appreciate. Oh, There's a thanks, bunch of guys buddy. doing it for us right now that are going to get something, uh, but Kenny's the first. He's going thanks, on vacation. Thanks, pal. You're too kind. Thanks, we'll have Kenny. to check in on how long those balls last. Yeah, I want you to. I want no. I want you to see one up with the camera right beside oh, it. And let's see you smack there'll be one. A, there'll be a lot at the Rod River Mill River Resort in Summerside, PEI. There'll be twelve of them in the woods. Thanks. So. <laughs> nice. uh, all right, let's begin last call with a shout out to Candace Parker, who made history as the first female basketball player on the cover of NBA 2K. The Chicago Sky Star will appear on the NBA. 2K22 cover for the WNBA 25th Anniversary Special Edition when it's released on September the 10th. So, Kenny, have you ever been on the cover of anything, or do you just hit the cover off the golf ball? Oh, oh nice, nice. Uh, yeah, these will be good at Cabot, too, won't they? Um, I was on the cover of Faces Magazine. It was a magazine in Halifax, and the reason I was on the cover is a buddy owned it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, was there, like, a... A story about yeah, Ken Reed? Yeah, a story about me. It was when I released my first book, Hockey Card Stories. Oh, so, perfect. yeah, there's a story about I was probably wearing this suit jacket because I like <laughs> it a lot. But I think I actually was wearing this suit jacket. But, yeah. That's uh, big-time stuff, buddy. Faces it. Magazine. Yeah, that's very go. impressive. Thanks, Brad Hartland. Very impressive. <laughs> um, Candace Parker will also be participating in the WNBA All-Star Game that is coming up Next. following this edition yeah. of Tim and Friends. All right, let's move on. Uh, sticking with basketball, though, yesterday... We discussed a little bit about Team USA basketball, and yesterday, last night, they beat Argentina 108-80, so all is good for now. But more importantly, we got to see Argentina's Luis Zgola in action for the first time in a while. He's now 41 years old, and he looks pretty darn good for 41, not to mention all during a global pandemic. So, Timmy, what is something you got better at? During Wait, the can pandemic. we stop on Scola for a second? Like, he's 41, yeah. and he looks better now than he did when he played in the NBA. That's a haircut. Hey, tight cut. That's yeah. a haircut. We need the, like, this. I mean, he was trending in Canada last night. He's jacked. He's yeah. ripped. He looks like he's in better shape now at 41 than he did before. He might be. What uh, did you get better at during the pandemic? During the pandemic? Yeah. 
sitting on my fat ass. Mm. I did. Uh, Everyone got pretty good at that. I, I didn't do my, I, and I walk. That's about it. I did that thing with Ivanka for a month. It was foolish. <laughs> SN moves? That SN moves. Whatever. Ivanka taking pictures with six packs on her Instagram. She put out her Instagram the other day with the abs on Oh, my goodness. Holy smokes. It just embarrassed us all. It was unbelievable. Yeah, Dobby's saying I can drink a six pack. For starters. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, man, I... I, I can't drop the LBSs anymore, bud. It's not good. Well, you just said six packs for starters. I yeah, wonder why you one can't way to, drop yeah, the that's LBS. One, that's a good place to start. Uh, okay, speaking of Argentina, Lionel Messi has reached a verbal agreement on a five-year contract extension uh, at Barcelona with his salary to be reduced by 50% under terms of the new deal, a 34-year-old's previous contract, which was worth, Kenny, ready for this? Yeah. Almost $600 million over four years expired at the stroke of midnight on June 30th. This means he will be 39 by the time his new deal runs out, which will total 26 years with the club. Ken, can making more than $70 million a year be considered a wage reduction? Mathematically, yes, because you spoke earlier about common sense and logic. And according to math and common sense, yes, it is a wage reduction. Didn't Sixero call Messi a fraud? Like that was his whole thing, right? This call, yeah. Fraud. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Fraud. Oh. Yeah. Wrong again, Fraud. Sid. Wrong again. Fraud. 50% Fraud. wage reduction. $60 million over four years. Wow. When I hear that repeatedly. $600 million I, over four years, I, isn't sorry, it? Yeah, $600 yeah. Million over. I, got, I can't even say it. That's how bad. It makes me puke a little bit in my mouth. I mean, no, yeah. yeah I'm, I, like, I'm all for, you know, making your own money in capitalism. I believe in it. But there's limits to things. Like these two donkeys having a race to <laughs> space. Playing space. Oh, Feed some people. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is that not like the example of what the pandemic That's is like doing if, right now? That's like if Bubbles got billions of dollars, he'd play space with Ricky and try to race. <laughs> like, feed some people. We're struggling just to get vaccines in our arm, and these two jackasses are racing to get to the Dummies. outer space. Yeah. Anyways, you don't want to go to space. Right? Okay. Um, and get double on. vaccinated. <laughs> okay, sorry. Moving on. Uh, it turns out we may have been pronouncing Travis Kelsey's name wrong his entire career obviously kelsey one of the best tight ends if not the best tight end in the nfl but apparently we've been saying it wrong let's have a listen i got kelsey and then kels my real name is kels so i mean i just kind of roll with the punches huh yeah so the question to you is tim has anyone mispronounced your name before yeah all the time i was whenever we went to like kids tournaments as a Mikalaf, 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 and then yeah. Tom would say it's Mikalaf. Yeah, no, we never got it. Number sixteen, Timmy Mikalaf. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Wasn't Joe Sackick? They you don't say screw it's up Joe Ken Sackick. Reed. You can't screw up. Well, can you screw up Ken Reed? I've been called a lot of things other than Ken Reed. But <laughs> yeah, none of course, I can say on this program. Yeah. All right, Sack we teach. We, we teased what's coming up next, so I got to get to it. Um, you know how much I love cheese on my pizza, Timmy? Kraft has teamed up with an ice cream company to create a mac and cheese ice cream flavor. Uh, said to be creamy, cheesy, sweet treat. Uh, gag me with a spoon on this one, but you guys like it? Cut or uncut? Can you put ketchup on it? <laughs> that's, that's that disgusting. would make it infinitely worse than it already is. <laughs> I, I don't want to be mean to Kraft, but I am not touching that. That's intolerant. No opinion on it. Sounds disgusting. That's it for us. WNBA All Star Game coming up next in Sportsnet. Kenny Reed, Jesse Rubinoff. I'm Thanks Tim for the golf ball, buddy. Buddy, that's so. Awesome.